Hello, Hello there. there. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy. Watching all of Star Wars we didn't get our hands on. We are back, baby. We are back. Jacob and I are finally back recording. A lot happened since we've been gone. Uh, we were both away. I got COVID, which was very fun for me. Um, uh, but no, we, we took some time off, but we're very we're ready to get back into Star Wars in a Galaxy. We're ready to bring back the show in a big way. Um, uh, this is episode 83. Um, welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. Did we already do that? I'm Jacob. You know what? I probably just had a, had a brain fart and didn't. Oh, no, it. sorry. It's anyway, okay. um, we're doing what Jacob and I are calling season 10 and a half of Star Wars in a Galaxy. These are not enough episodes for a full season. It's going to be two episodes we're releasing. One this week, and I think one next week. Um, but Jacob and I are stalling for time because we don't want to cover Bad Batch Season 2 when it comes out. We want to give it some time. We're not a news show, and so we don't want to cover Bad Batch Season 2 that soon. So what we're doing right now is Jacob and I watch two of the six Visions shorts uh, that take place either before or during the Imperial period. Uh, now there was a bit of a mix-up between this, and we'll explain, uh, and we'll explain this as we go along, um, as to when I thought one of them was and when it actually took place. Um, but we watched uh, The Village Bride and The Elder, um, uh, episodes four and seven of Star Wars Visions. Um, and if you're not aware, Star Wars Visions is a bunch of Japanese anime studios went got together um, under Lucasfilm Lucasfilm gave them a bunch of money and a bunch of equipment, um, and their sound libraries and all that kind of stuff, and voice actors, and they were just like, create a Star Wars thing. George Lucas was inspired by Japanese filmmaking, especially the works of Akira Kurosawa, and they wanted to, the Lucasfilm wanted to pay it forward, and so they did, um, by allowing these Japanese studios to make whatever Star Wars they want to be. The canonicity is, it's not canon. I like to treat it as canon. What do you think, Jacob? Do you do you regard visions as canon? How 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 canon um, do you regard visions as? I definitely do not regard it as canon, but I'm also at a place um, in my in my experience of Star Wars and in my enjoyment of Star Wars where does it really matter whether whether it's canon or not? There's so much good canon stuff. There's so much good legends legends EU um, what have you that I think. To some extent, the um, the the distinguishing between the two isn't always the most useful, at least to me. Um, Absolutely, I beyond that. simply like thinking about okay, when did this happen? Like continuity, I feel like beyond that, there's not yeah. really a lot in it. Um, but I definitely, I would definitely consider this part of something separate, outside of the yeah. the main the main continuity, but I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't made up my mind. Like I, again, when it came out, I did not watch all these shorts. I have watched the village bride before. I had not watched the elder before. Um, so, you know, once, once I watch all of them, you know, um, if the, you know, they're making more of these. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I definitely reserve the right to, uh, to change my mind. Um, but to me, I would, I would, I would just ask like, not to be, not to be like a smart ass, but just like, why does it matter to begin with? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a completely that's, fair, that's my, uh... fair question. That I'm just, I, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It what matters is canon is what you think is canon. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, everybody regards their own canon. I think of certain things yeah. as canon to my Star Wars universe that aren't necessarily Disney-approved canon, and that's fine because yeah. it's in. Yeah, your yeah, that's. I think everybody has um, some version. Personally, I, I have this idea that um anything that is not directly contradicted by something in the new canon, anything that's not directly contradicted, um, is still a part of it. That's yeah, that's how I see it. That's how me. I like it. Um, but. Uh, speaking of that, uh, of Vision Season 2, I was actually at the panel where Vision Season 2 was announced. I was lucky to be at that yeah. panel, that celebration. It was a freaking incredible panel. Um, I, I, I I love being there. I saw some great content creators there. Um, heard a lot about the backstory of creating Visions, and it was such an interesting panel, and I, I really got to learn more about the behind-the-scenes of Visions. But... Um, Jacob, let me address the elephant in the room, or at least the biggest. So, this episode was supposed to be the two episodes, the two shorts of visions that took place before the Imperial takeover. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but one of them did not take place before the Imperial takeover. Yeah. Uh, so, the Village Bride. The Village Bride did the Empire era. Because you can see a destroyed Imperial probe droid. That's my bad. I read somewhere on the internet that it took place before the Empire, and I believed it. And then I saw the Imperial Probe join, and I'm like, oh shit, it doesn't. So I guess the Elder is the only one that takes place before um, the Empire. Uh, but g given that it takes place early in the timeline, should we start with the Elder? Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's, the opposite way that I watched it, so it should yeah, be interesting. Um, um, so in the Elder... A Jedi Master and a Padawan um, are traveling through hyperspace in the Outer Rim. The Master detects a disturbance in the Force, which leads them to land on a remote planet. Um, they explore the planet, and while on the planet, um, they find an Elder Darksider. Um, they find an Elder Darksider. This Elder Darksider um, injures the Padawan um, in hopes of luring in the Jedi Master, which works. The Master comes and defeats the Elder, um, the Elder Sith, I guess you could say, even though he denies, he denies being a Sith. Um, but he defeats the Elder Sith um, and helps, uh, helps his um, apprentice recover from his injuries. Um, and then it kind of ends with um, kind of a, a monologue from the from the master about age and touches on a lot of things touches on age it touches on power it's very interesting um but it, it's very it's very short and sweet i first of all i think we should note all the studios that participated yeah. in because again these are different studios who did every short i mean some of yeah. them i think one or two of them did two shorts but yeah. uh studio trigger which i believe also did the twins yeah they did the um, twins and they did this one Oh, that's there. That's great because the twins. For those of you who don't know, who are is my personal favorite of the, um, of the vision shorts. I love all of them to a certain degree, but um, but 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 the twins is excellent, and I and I love it, and it makes me so sad that that takes place like, after original trilogy because it means we're not gonna get to it for a long time, um, but uh, yeah. So Trigger Studios did um the Elder, um. So yeah, directed so, by oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, directed by um, 
Masahiko Otsuka. Um, the score was from uh, Michiru Oshima. I quite like the scores, so I yeah. I thought it's worth. I think it's worth pointing out the uh, yeah. the scores as well. Um, I feel like. Well, give me a second. I I I was mean to take note of the voice um, actors for this um, because I feel like there's somebody famous voices the the master. Because I know James Hong is the elder. James Hong, for those of you who don't know, uh, voices as Morgan in Star Wars Rebels. Um, so he voices the elder. Um, and I believe who voices the... Um, I Oh, okay. Um, Dan is voiced by... Dan, the Padawan, is voiced by Jordan Fisher. And the Master is voiced by David Harbour. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah, uh, David Harbour, um, nice. the master tagging crosser, um, and so Visions does really well. Um, I love the the Jedi's depiction, regardless of the short. This happens in the Village Bride. This happens in um, this happens in the Elder. This happens in the Ninth Jedi. This happens in so many of them that the Jedi are viewed not as this order that's that's bringing that's bringing peace and justice to the galaxy and working on alongside the republic and all that kind of stuff but as like there are these nomadic samurai you know yeah. obviously this is this is inspired a lot by japanese culture but like there's these nomadic samurai who they don't there's no order it's just they go around helping people yeah they that's have the power the force and they help people yeah very very interesting change from from what we've seen um for sure. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I really dig it. I, I really dig it. Um, I, I dig it as well. Um, I think it's great. Just getting into this. Um, yeah, I thought that, um, you know, starting off, I thought that the robes, I, I don't know, maybe maybe it was in the timeline. I thought that the robes that they were wearing, um, at least the way that they were presented in the first scene in the ship, really reminded me of the, the High Republic robes. Um, with the lighter colors and the the golden, more golden beige accents. Did you did you pick up on that or what? I didn't, but that doesn't surprise me because if you because if you think about it, so so the High Republic we're looking at is around two hundred years two two hundred two hundred thirty years before Yavin. Um, uh, we know that they're going back in phase two. Where they're actually going backwards in time. They're going around three hundred thirty years BBY. But I think that's the furthest back they're going. So if okay. this is this is at the latest, I think probably six hundred or so. So like we're There's nearing. There's a big stretch where it could be. Yeah, we're 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 nearing the point. It's still hundreds of years away, but I could see the transition between the Elder and then the Higher Republic and then the Old Republic or the Republic that we see in the prequel era. Um, so I, yeah. I I like that continuity there. No, good point. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think another another quote where if we're on the topic of, of the Jedi, the seeds of misfortune when in peaceful soil can be easy to overlook. Hey, yeah. the Phantom Menace, Jedi Republic. Take notes. Yep. Um, yeah. Not a ton of, of intricacy here. Um, I think it's only, what, 15, 18 minutes long? All of them are, are around 15 to yeah. 20 minutes long. So The Village really Pride was a little longer than this. Yeah, I, I Village Bride is is. I mean, that's one of the longer ones. To be Village fair, Bride yeah. is beefy. Village Bride, yeah. no matter where, how you view it, is just beefy. Um, yeah. 
but it anyways to have you short. yeah very short and sweet very pared yeah. back very stripped down yeah um but anyway let's get back to this um i i i i love the relationship between tajin and dan i really do um those are their names i, I did not catch the names i have to admit I will, <laughs> I well i don't think tajin has said the script but dan has said several times oh yeah dan, dan has said dan has said um i'm pretty sure the the guy's name is tajin the master's name is tajin let's see master's name is yeah tajin tajin um t-a-j-i-n yeah um but no i like the relationship between tajin and dan dan reminds me a lot of a lot of other apprentices we've seen in star wars your ezra's your luke's your anakin's because you can see and this is what i love about him you can see that he wants to get into the action he wants to be the jedi as they are um you know as luke says in the last jedi at the height of their their power the jedi were deified um he wants to be the jedi hero who walks in with a laser sword and faces down the bad guys and um uh and and, and saves the day but tajin knows because tajin is a wise man that that's not what the jedi are and that's never what the Jedi were supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see that dynamic play out even hundreds of years before the Jedi lose their way and they become these, you know, the, these laser sword wielding maniacs who come in and save the day and cut off a few arms and then leave. This yeah, is it's very much very, not that. It's a very much more balanced approach. You're absolutely right. Um, I really love the, as you said, yeah, the relationship, um, you know, the dynamic of the young, eager apprentice wants to go in, fight the bad guys, you know, fight the Sith, chop some arms off, you know, use the force and the master who has to, you know, teach them, hey, not everything's like that. You have to be patient. Um, there's more to being a, basically, there's more to being a Jedi than wielding a laser sword. Yeah, absolutely. Um Let's go down to the planet. I believe the planet's called Haba, though I'm not sure yeah, about that. Haba, um, maybe Haba. I don't know. Let, I'm not. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Um. Uh. Let's look at it. This. Um. I should have done this research before, but uh. Let's see. Uh. It is. Um. Habo. Pardon? Habo. Habo. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they 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 land on Habo, um, and they talk with some of the locals, um, and I what I really love about this planet, this planet, and the 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 brief glimpses we see of the villagers on this planet, is that this planet seems extremely imbalanced. This planet seems very much a light side planet. Um, it seems like, you know, everybody's living there peacefully. This is not a planet where a Sith would conventionally come. You know, this is not a planet that harbors the dark side a lot. Yeah, abso um, absolutely and not. And it puts um, us off guard for when we finally meet the Elder. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think um, is fascinating. 
not too much for me to say about the planet, the village. Um, I think it's just really interesting. This is, I guess I can touch on this now, the, the difference um, in animation between the two, um, between the village bride and the elder. Um, obviously we can talk about this more later at the end, but I think in the elder, as opposed to in the village bride, you know, it's, it's, it, they're both pretty sim simplistic um, in some ways, but the village bride, you know, it's really rich, really colorful. Um, every single scene is like an amazing work of visual art. And then, I mean, I guess the, the same could be said and, and should be said um, for the elder, but it's so much more spare by comparison. It's, um, it's yeah. so much, it's, it's very, it's simple. so much less vibrant. It's so simple. And yet there's still so much detail and you can clearly see the, the detail, the life um, that has been breathed into the people and their faces and all the craft that has gone into that. And I'm really a big fan of how human centric the animation of this one is. It's really a, it's really a unique style and I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. At least it's unique within Star Wars. The animation is truly something else. And I think the story in The Village Bride is um, very good. But I think the animation is better in... Or not better, but like I like the animation a little bit more in The Village Bride. But I like the, the dialogue a bit better in The Elder. The, the, the animation in The Village Bride is very much like... It will take every frame it feels like it needs to show you this vivid, picturesque planet. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. Whereas The Elder... It is like, you know, you have the planet and it's beautiful and it is vivid, but what does most of the talking is the dialogue. The dialogue for me sells this thing the entire way because there is high risk, and I'm telling you high risk, of executing this very goofily. This is a, this executed, yeah, definitely. This executed poorly could be very goofy, but it is fantastically executed. And so it's extremely, it's not just not goofy, it's just very also insightful. It feels very purposeful. Everything is, feels like there for a reason. Yeah, I think both the style, the, the, the visual style of The Village Bride and the visual style of um, The Elder for me are both phenomenal. I think as you were getting at the difference, the difference to me is that in The Village Bride, everything is kind of a part of the show it's a part of what is is being brought to the forefront every little detail the landscapes the skies all the colors it's all so rich and it's all so vibrant and then you compare that to the elder where all the backdrops everything that is not the absolute essentials might as well just be blank canvas and I added and I don't mean to say that it's ugly or that it's bad I think it's great but I think it does a wonderful job of really really focusing in on the characters and the details where they matter the absolute most and it's a really interesting choice I think probably my favorite part of this um this short honestly for me is not what is said but what isn't oh how so there's so much that's left unsaid. Uh, there's so much mystery to this short. Like, you know, obviously, I've watched this a few times, and, and obviously the first questions you want to ask are, you know, who is this guy? Who is the Elder? Why was he there? 
Where was he from? Where did he get that ship? And it's very interesting because it asks all those questions, but unlike some Star Wars things, it's like, it never, it never asks you to want to know the answer. It just floats the questions out there and just lets you have them. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think that one thing that is really appealing to me about these shorts is that they're not so, I mean, for better or for worse, Star Wars now, everything is so interconnected. Um, it's, a, it's a tapestry, <laughs> you might say. Um, you the know, rumor it, is, believe it or not, the rumor is, if you say that two more times, Alden Diaz will appear. I was, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say shout out Alden Diaz um it's a tapestry everything is so interwoven um it's 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 so refreshing that's probably a word I'm going to be using a lot to describe um visions but I don't know about you Eli but I found it really refreshing to just be able to go in with something that really there's no strings attaching it to anything else there's no preconceived notions or rules really that that it has to play by and that's part of that's part of what makes it so good is that they can kind of let the plot let the plot kind of fade into the background some and, and really just really just give you a um a more surreal experience um yeah one that's more focused on the messages and the feelings rather than um you know we need this character to be here at this point and then yeah this has to set up to tie into this novel and and, and I love that about Star Wars but it, it's really refreshing um as are many as are many things um in visions yeah I agree with you I agree and and here's one of the things that I think you said that was that that I agree with the most which is that um and you made a really great point here about you know getting different voices in here you know like the reason that these are all so different at least in my opinion, is because these are people who haven't had the chance to tell their stories. You know, most of the production of Star Wars has been Americans and British people. And most of them have been white. Let's be real. Uh, and it's only now in the, in the last few years that we've been getting more diverse Star Wars creators. But we've never had a full Star Wars slate of things produced by people produced by people from Japan. We've never had that. We've yeah. never had that from any country other than the US and Britain. Yeah, it's really it's really cool to see them just bring all the different styles and, and sensibilities. Um, and what's even more exciting is that Vision season two um, is going to go to more cultures. We're still seeing Japan, but we are also going to Spain Ireland, India, South Africa, Chile. Um, I think um, I think maybe even France too. I might be wrong about France, but like again, all these cultures who have never gotten to tell their own Star Wars stories are finally getting the chance to tell them, and that's what excites me about the second season of Visions and why I think Visions overall is such a great project because it allows those voices who haven't had the chance to tell their Star Wars stories to now do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, um, yeah, since we're, since we're talking about the, the style now and everything, um, I just think, 
I, I absolutely love, and I'm, I'm really thrilled um, that Star Wars is continuing with Visions. Just, I think the combination of all these different animators, um, these different creatives um, with different styles and different strengths to contribute, kind of making their own interpretations of Star Wars's themes, Star Wars's visual language, um, Star Wars is kind of rich, um, rich history at this point and everything that's been built up. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to see where it goes. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, should we get to the old man? The yeah, let, the, the old man, this is the, the elder. This is the meat and potatoes. Yeah, this, this is episode, the interesting, like, like I, I have never been so like, the elder just has this intriguing way about him that you, you hear him speak two words and you automatically want to know everything about him. Um, Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, he's just so unsettling. It's just so, it's such a breath of fresh air for Star Wars to have this kind of villain. He's not, he's both, he's neither sinister. He's neither completely sinister, nor is he completely goofy. Um, and, and I think it was really offbeat for Star Wars to have something like this, this kind of jolly, rambling, laughing old man who's also completely murderous. And he's he's got that look on his eye, you know, where he's like, I'm a Sith. Yeah. Like, I'm, but he's not. Only... And, and the, the great balance they strike is he's not mustache twirling. He doesn't no, feel no, he's mustache twirling. He, he feels very, he, he just feels like he is He is a man who thinks he knows best. He is wrong, but he feels like he the the Jedi are wrong, the Sith are wrong, and that he has his own path to take, which is still the dark side. But he raises some interesting points about the Sith. That the Sith are too obsessed with. It almost seems like it almost seems like in the way that um that the Jedi are portrayed as wandering samurai trying to do good in the galaxy, it almost feels like that's the opposite for the Elder. It feels like... He's... It feels like he's this wandering terror. Yeah, he's just, just wandering around causing chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely. The, the Sith, he says, are were too focused on bringing each other down, and I think he, he thought that he needed to use the dark side in a more solitary manner. Which, let's be real, he figured out the dark side because the dark side doesn't work with cooperation. It just doesn't. That's antithetical to everything that the dark side stands for. So, he is very much like what the dark side is supposed to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, he's also just has so, so many playful lines. He, he, he's, he seems to be very, like, 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 he, he's, he's, he, like, when Dan confronts him, it's about the lack of challenge he's getting, and how it's, how it's really easy for him, and that he's hoping for the master it's not going to be so easy for him, um, I will give it he, to this guy. He's not arrogant. Not sorry. He's not mustache twirling, but he is damn arrogant. 
And I think that proves to be his downfall. Very much. And the way he conducts himself is just really interesting. He has these, like, they're not even lightsabers. They're like katanas. Light, light katanas. They're light yeah, katanas. That's the, best, that's the best way I can can describe them. And they're so interesting. And the duel is so... It's not this epic dramatic sword fight. It's this dignified. And I'm talking about Dan, but I'm also really talking about the duel with Tajin and the Elder. It's this dignified, it's, you know, a few strikes. It's it's not about who can get the most strikes in. It's about placing the strikes exactly in the right places to try and... It, it's about quality over quantity, very much. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Um, yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of... In a, in, in a weird way, it is reminiscent of the Tartakovsky Clone, Tartakovsky Clone Wars. And yet at the same time, it's the inverse. Yeah, I can of see that, that. Where the Clone War, obviously it's the very, both very, very stylized, um, very, very kind of dramatic, um, much more about evoking the feeling of what's happening rather than actually trying to show it. Um, and yet the Tartakovsky is this, you know, when the lightsabers go, it's just these, this whirling, swirling just ball of of speed and energy and craziness and here it's just it's so pared back and yet that just makes every single strike and every single movement that much more impactful i think of the kurosawa like the moments that i feel like are the most kurosawa star wars stuff like obi-wan and vader's duel in a new hope very yeah. much feels like that um obi-wan and maul's duel in twin sons um very very kurosawa and and obviously i'd be admit i'd be um i i would be totally missing something if i didn't mention um the jedi uh chapter 13 of the mandalorian which is basically a kurosawa movie but it's star wars um and the duel between ahsoka and uh the magistrate um which is peak like kurosawa inspiration and all that in the forest and this very mystical energy binding it all together um yeah um we haven't talked about this um first of all i do want to say that um so i've watched um both these shorts um both of them in both of them people say they have a bad feeling about this did you notice that i did notice that yes uh, uh tajin says he has a bad feeling about this um let's talk about the sith ship so they find a ship before they confront the elder. They find a ship, and they, and Tajin says that it's like some Sith ships that he's seen in Hollows. And obviously, we have the question: Where did he get that ship? And it's those questions that really intrigue me about, like, you know, who is this guy and what's his story. Um, but to have those questions lingering in the back of your mind with this is just really fascinating for me because. Again, you don't need to know the answers, but you're wondering them. I just, I just think it's, it's really, it's really liberating in a way, to not have to know the answers. Yes, I would say I, I, I definitely would say that. Yeah, um, I mean it's liberating to a point. Like I feel like it's kind of liberating for me, and it's also kind of frustrating for me. Not because I don't like it. It's just because my brain is just constantly demanding. I'm like, oh, I need to see the backstory of that. Um. 
but yeah. uh but he but the duel between Tajin and the Elder is just something else because Tajin does seem like your archetypal Jedi. He seems yeah. wise and strong and everything that he needs to be and patient and the elder like especially with his dueling seems like this animal he's not really even a sin yeah. he's not really even a person he's yeah. this animal yeah he he goes he it's it's incredible he seems almost feral and and one thing going back to how you know in this it's very paired back you know the number of like just the number of strikes the amount of time the duel takes it's got to be one of the lowest of any of any duels in stars absolutely it's um for me it's just the fact that from the very beginning against uh even the elder against dan from the very beginning that very first strike like he it's like he really genuinely wants to kill him and thinks that he can immediately kill him and that's something that i think is not the case for a lot of duels in star wars it's just different that way yeah, it's not choreographed sword fighting. It, it feels very realistic. Um, and sometimes we like the choreographed sword fighting. We do. Um, it makes some of the greatest duels in Star Wars. But it's interesting to see this other approach to it. Um, right, absolutely. And then after he died, the last thing he did, um, the Elder before he died, was it was blow up the Sith ship he came for, uh, came in, which was smart because it conceals the mystery for the story and also it prevents um dan and tajin from figuring out where he came from um but uh i want to get to this quote um i mean i mean you know we can talk about tajin's monologue at the end a lot but here's a quote i pull out um here's a quote i pulled out what defeated the elder in the end was not me but time he couldn't win against the weakness that comes with age no matter how powerful you become, no, it will not last forever. I love what this says about control, like, especially about control. Like, you can, you can have all the controlling instincts in the world, in the galaxy, but you can only control things to a point. Yeah, absolutely. Eventually, your time will run out, and... It's about what you choose to do with the power you have that really counts. Because the Elder yeah. was trying to use power that he didn't have. Yeah, he was. That's And Tajin, I feel like, was, was very acutely aware of his power, and he used it to greater effect. Um, and by the way, the Elder even admits it. He says that, yeah. um, that, that had he been at his full power, had he been younger... Um, the fight against, like, he, he would have been even more excited about the fight uh, against uh, Tajin. And Tajin said, yeah, had he been younger, had he had he had a, had he had a bit more power in his reserve to do something with, then that fight would might have ended very differently. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. I, I just think it's a very different relationship with power and power as a concept than a lot of Star Wars, where He's kind of openly admitting, oh, I'm not, I'm not what I used to be, you know, like, I don't have as much power, and yet he still, the Elder still goes for it and still tries to, to take down this Jedi, and yet it, it seems almost like some, 
attempt, um, some obviously in vain attempt to recapture his youth and his own power um, by trying to strip it from Tajin. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, well. Um, yeah, and, and especially, like, um, I, 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 I draw a little, drew a lot of comparisons to Darth Plagueis. Um, Darth Plagueis wanted to hold on to power forever, but that's just not how it works. You can't hold on to your power forever. It needs to... It, power very much in this it is portrayed like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big game of, like, It's a big game of hot potato. Like, it gets passed along. Like, some people have more at some points, but it's always going to get passed along. And if you have it at the right moment, if you have the right amount at the right moment, um, not to quantify this too much, because again, it, it's not about how much you have, but it's about how strong your skills are and about how much you've trained and about how much you're open to the Force. Um, you know, it's... You will have you you will have the will and the strength to do what you need to. Um, I, I think yeah. this raises a lot of really fascinating um, questions and themes that are definitely extremely Star Wars, but like they're also extremely new and they're extremely like, oh, these are takes on Star Wars themes that we've never really taken on before. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Um... Do you want to go to the village bride? I was just going to give my overall oh, absolutely. overall thoughts. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, my overall thoughts on this episode, um, I think it had incredible action. Um, it was it was striking. It was urgent. It was yeah. It, it was really incredible. Um, how they they kind of did so much with so little. You could say um, the elder very unique and unnerving villain absolutely loved him absolutely loved the animation style um you know the the pair the very very kind of minimalist story um i wasn't a fan of it at first but as we've kind of discussed and talked through it i have to say i was a fan of that as well so yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of this episode i i really enjoyed it yeah i i, I also really love this short it's it's fantastic um it's probably like both of these shorts are probably towards the top of my rankings. I don't think either of them are my favorite, the twins is, or my second favorite, that would be the ninth Jedi. Um, but they're both like, I think of the six we're watching, I think these two are actually two of my favorite. Um, uh, and 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 the elder is is absolutely it, it's so it's so foreboding, it's so mysterious. And it really lends itself well to that vibe, and but and it feels like it can say a lot in so few words, um, and it, it has this interesting magnetic like appeal to it. Um, but let's go to the village bride. The All right, village, the village bride. The village bride, um, which is episode uh, the, uh, four uh, of. Uh, 
of visions. Give me a second. Um, in the Village Bride, we follow a an exiled Jedi after Order 66. A Jedi who survived Order 66. Her name is F. Um, uh, she meets up with a friend uh, named Valko. Um, and they find um, this couple named Asu and Haru. Um, Asu and Haru are getting married. And... Um, they are doing all of these traditional ceremonies that are practiced on this planet. On the planet... What planet is this? Fuck. Is there not a planet that's... Kelia. The planet Kelia. Um, on planet Kelia, they're, they're doing these all these traditional things that are custom for Kelian weddings. Um, and... It's all a it's all a very peaceful. The planet seems very in balance with the Force. Um, they use a version of the Force called what is it called? Shoot. Wait, I have it. Magina. 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 Yeah. Magina. Are you sure it's um, not Magina? I think it's. I know. I think it is Magina. Never mind. Magina. Um, and it's clear that they have some connection with the Force. Um, but then at dinner that night, it's revealed that the bride, Haru, is the granddaughter of the village chieftain. Um, after the Clone Wars, um, the Separatists came, uh, in the Clone Wars, the Separatists came to the, to the planet of Kelia and took a ton of their resources. And then they left their battle droids behind. Um, voiced by, of course, the incredible Matthew Wood. Um, uh, and... Raiders came to the planet, reprogrammed the battle droids to um, serve them, and basically um, uh, they made a deal with the village chief. They would take him away, and uh, the village would be safe from them. Uh, but Haru, um, the village chieftain's uh, granddaughter, offered herself up instead, and it's revealed that this is good. This t this exchange is going to take place. The day after the wedding. So what once was this joyful celebration, was viewed as this joyful celebration, is now this last hurrah before a, b b before this woman loses her life and her husband. And this, hus and this man loses his wife. Um, he'll just, she'll just be gone. Um, and F notices this and uh, Valko highly encourages her um, she's like, you know, this, this woman a lot reminds me of you. And clearly the goal is for F to help them somehow. Um, Haru, uh, talks at dinner with her sister. Um, her sister Saku. Saku can't believe that this is happening. And, uh, she wants to try and, um, stage some sort of a revolt. And... Haru is very resistant to that idea. She's like, "Don't, we've, we've done, uh, we've done everything we can. There's no use doing this." Um, the next morning, the raiders arrive, um, and and the leader of the raiders um, uh, reveals that they caught Saku trying to set up an assassination attempt of sorts on them, um, and they almost kill her if not for F's. Um, light uh, uh, F's force usage of the force to stop the blast bolt in midair, a la Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens. 
um, uh, and stop the blaster bolt in midair. F then saves the village from the battle droids along with Falco, who shoots um, the droids from the top, and the village is saved. Um, all the raiders are and battle droids. Are, uh, all the raiders are killed and battle droids destroyed. And F moves on to her next adventure. Um, you want to get into this? Uh, yeah, let's. Okay, uh... so the fortune cookie is. Um, <laughs> I'm just making sure you're still paying attention. Um, uh, the studio who did the Village Bride was Kinema Citrus. Um, cool name. Uh, cool name, and um, I love all of these characters. I I frankly love a lot of like like all of these characters are so dynamic. I think F is a badass, and I love her so much. Yeah, um, um, I agree. I think that there's some cool characters here. Um, I'm definitely not as big a fan of kind of the characters and the the plot and the actual actual kind of nitty-gritty um, of this episode, but I, I still think it's it's pretty fantastic in terms of 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 what it delivers um, in terms of bringing something fresh and new to Star Wars. Yeah, it, it's it, it it it's really. I just I think it's and and I love the also the detail that she wears a face mask at the beginning. Yeah, and then she takes the when does when when does she take that off? I think when she rescues everybody at the end of the um, at the doesn't end of the she does she cuts it off at some point along with her braid. It's been a while. Let's see. Um. Oh, it, it's at dawn when she, when, yeah, it's when she's, um, when she's, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page, it's when she's confronting the raiders. Um, no, this is, um, I'm glad you noticed that she cut off her Padawan braid, because I didn't notice that, actually. Um, uh, and this does feel like a very, you know, she's lost her way after the, um, after the Jedi fell, fell. and I think Valco knew this, and I think Valco knew that there was this problem that was waiting to be solved by a Jedi, and that she could do... She, he could kill two birds with one stone. She, he could get F to be the Jedi that she once was, and he could save this innocent village from a terrible fate. Yep. Uh, and... It's really... It's, it's just really uh, fascinating. I'm going to say about the face mask, when she takes it off, when she cuts it off, um, obviously she's very much hiding something at the beginning. She's very much hiding yeah. who she is at the beginning, and by taking it off, she is letting her true self out. She's letting her... It is a very... It is a story um, a la Book of Boba, a la Fallen Order, of... Um, of, uh, like, self-discovery. Um, and finding yourself. Um, so, uh, you want to... Uh, I actually also like to talk about... So, you know how they're, like, connected to the living energy of the planet? This is really yeah. cool. I really love this. I think it's really interesting that, like, they're talking about, like... You know, they're... Uh, they talk about their planet, parents becoming one with the planet, which sounds an awful lot like one with the Force. Yeah. Um, and it, we see a very different side of the Force, and I'm always fascinated by seeing non-Jedi, non-Sith sides of the Force. Me too. It, it definitely felt like 
there had been at least some inspiration by um, maybe Zenoma Zenoma Sakot um, and kind of the the sentient planet yeah. from Legends and the Yuzhen Vong, and then also of course um, you know the father, the son, the daughter, their planet. Um, what's what's that planet's name in the Clone Wars? I can't uh, remember. Oh, uh, Mortis. Mortis, yeah, that's one. It definitely had a little bit of a a, a Mortis inspired vibe to it. Um, I also think that, that there also could be a little inspiration. I looked this up um, into Shintoism, which is one of the main religions in Japan. Um, a bunch of their traditions on, on weddings are decently similar to the traditions that the Kilians use. They're not identical, but I can see where some of the traditions could have come from. Like the they, they ask permission from the gods, and they ask permission for the, from the planet in this. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, wedding per, also... the permission with the planet and the... Sorry, go, go ahead. But just the... Um... Also... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say the, 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 the wedding being such a solemn affair and not really a joyous affair. I mean, again, that could absolutely be because they know what's going to happen to her. But I think it's also a reflection of the different cultural meaning of a wedding in the united states and in japan yeah um, it, it well it well could be uh what well were you gonna be. say um i was just gonna say i think yeah the idea of asking the planet for for permission having that kind of reverence um for nature and for the planet um as is pointed out by the jedi um, it's unfortunately rare um in american culture um but it's it's cool to see when that's when that's brought in um, from another perspective. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely, yeah. It um there's there's a lot of just interesting force stuff in this. Um, uh, and I love the conflict that uh, between Haru and Saku. I really do. Um, I, I, I love the conflict because I because I can totally identify with both of them. I can totally identify with Haru giving up hope and saying there's nothing we can do at this point, and Saku who wants to keep fighting. Saku seems like a very like one of those very revolutionary characters, a like a Saw Gerrera, like a Cham Syndulla, um, that we've seen in Star Wars, um, and she. She very much fits a mold of a character that that I I'm very used to in Star Wars, and I liked seeing that again. Yeah, yeah, um, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, what do you think of the? Uh, sorry, I just had a brain loss. What do you think of the um, like the main the main conflict here um, with the Raiders? I think it's a really interesting, like, I, I think it's a really interesting choice of villain. You know, they're not threatening to the, to the, to the, um, to the, to the, to the, to the Jedi, to F. But they are threatening to the village, and there's these levels. Yeah. Um, where, you know, no, where, um, F and Valko take on all of the raiders by themselves. And that definitely could not have happened without them there. Um, so they're incredibly threatening and they're incredibly not at the same time. And I think that's very fascinating. Um, uh, one of my favorite moments is when the head of the Raiders, Azuma, uh, is his name, asks F, um, what are you, a monster? 
and she goes, I am a Jedi. And she ignites her lightsaber. I'm like, that is classic Star Wars right there. Absolutely, yeah. Casting off your shackles, becoming the Jedi once again. That is you. That is her, uh, I am a Jedi like my father before me. That is her Rey Skywalker. That is her, you know, that is her moment of defiance of saying who she is. Um, and I, I give an involuntary, involuntary cheer when that happened, even though I knew it was going to happen. Um, it, it's, it's a chilling moment. It's awesome. I love it so much. Yeah. I, I love it as well. Um, I think that moment, that final fight, um, when she, when she takes down the, uh, she takes down the, the leader of the Raiders is just, it's incredible. And it's, it's so cool the way they mix, you know, that classic Star Wars with such a, such a different style. Um, yeah. That kind of, you know, anime, anime swordsman, um, swordplay vibe of her, you know, going right through him almost imperceptibly fast. And then holding that pose at the end as he slowly falls yeah. to the ground. It's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty amazing. I was, that was definitely a moment where I was, I was like, wow, this yeah. is it, it's, it's something it, else. The buildup is very good. The payoff is freaking incredible. I love it yeah. so much. Um, uh, but anything else to say about Village Pride overall thoughts? No, um, his overall thoughts for me. Um, I think I think this episode and um, I, I I would rate it about the same as um, as the elder, but for for very different reasons. I think um, I honestly wasn't a huge fan of of the plot, the story of this one. Um, you know, some of some of the way that the um, the dialogue, some of the characters. I thought it was. A lot of it was pretty pretty dramatic, um, and I think that's that's undeniably just the style of it. You know, it's a little bit more over the top at the times, dramatic. Um, but it just didn't really it didn't really work for me um, as well. That being said, um, the soundtrack the soundtrack scored by uh, Kevin Perkin absolutely phenomenal soundtrack, soaring melodies, amazing ethereal instrumentation really incredible um and oh my gosh the animation of this i could i could rave about this animation for so long but as i said before it's just it's so incredibly rich and vibrant that you know every single little moment um every single object every single however however insignificant a shot it may seem is just elevated into a work of art um by by the animation and i think that that's something that where 2d animation really excels at and live action and and 3d animation um as good as it can be it really doesn't compare so so i'm excited to see where 2d animation and star wars go um and i definitely felt the same way about resistance so it's it's cool to see that continue yeah i think that um Look, I, I think in terms of vision shorts, if I was making a, a tier list of this, in the S tier would be the Twins, the Ninth Jedi, the Elder, and the Village Bride. And then everything else is below it. I love everything else, but those four, for me, like, I, I, I think, it, for me, it's the Twins, um, then Ninth Jedi, then Elder, then Village Bride. But all of them can be interchangeable, because really it's just a matter of preference for me at that point. 
they're all they're all so incredibly visionary and they all tell this new lens of star wars and i love the village bride it has that you know it absolutely has the best cinematography of all four of, of all nine of them i'd say um the story is excellent i think f is an excellent character um and it get it, it very like it feel you know the elder is very minimalist and the village bride is so much the opposite of that these two are night and day but they yin and yang off of each other so well they balance each other out um so well um because both of them have, have these insightful messages they just express it in different ways both of them have these beautiful vivid scenes they just express it in different ways and i, I it's we i think we really chose two good up to two good shorts to really start a balance with um yeah um but yeah let's uh before we go um let's talk um let's do uh everybody's favorite part of uh star wars and the galaxy um that would be what you brought me today was worth one quarter portion that's right one quarter portion segment where we do something a little bit different uh, today we thought we'd do a this month, so I'll leave it to you, Jacob. What Star Wars will you recommend this month? This month, I recommend the book, The Art of Star Wars Rebels. Eli, you actually gifted um, this incredible book to me um, for my birthday a couple years ago. Um, it is one of my very favorite Star Wars books. Um, actually, I think it's it's kind of cool that is coinciding with us um, watching Visions because obviously I'm a, I'm a huge Rebels fan um, and I'm, I'm especially a fan of the artwork and the aesthetic um, that they created. Although some of the animations a little, little clinky at times, you know, Anakin, uh, Anakin um, looked a little worse for wear, but um, Yoda too, not not as usual. Don't insult Rebels Yoda. Sprightly Rebels Yoda is, is awesome. I mean, Rebels Yoda is a character still awesome this character is still awesome looks uh are polarizing to say the least but i just love seeing the artwork how it all came together you know especially as so much of rebels um more more than i had initially realized before reading this book is really really recycled and inspired and in homage to all of ralph mcquarrie's original concept art for a new Absolutely. hope and it's so cool to see that all of that find a new home and find a way to be to be brought to life um and it's really cool how this book kind of kind of tracks that and and um shows the uh the journey um that some of these ideas went on all the way from 1977 1978 1976 all the way to the 2010s yeah so it's definitely a book that i uh that I recommend. Um, and even if not, just, just going and looking at some of that artwork, um, if you can, is, Get the art of it's, books. yeah, and it's really sequels, illuminating. Rogue One, Solo, I have all the movies. I'm, I know Jacob has Rebels. I think they're doing of the, uh, them of the Mandalorian. I think they might even be doing them for Visions at this point, but I'm not sure. Um, I, that might just be a complete lie, but, um, no, absolutely. Um, if you don't follow, if you don't, if you have put Twitter and don't follow Phil Showstack, who writes all that that stuff, do. He's very insightful and he tells a lot of great stories about the concept art of Star Wars. Um, my recommendation, in a shock to literally nobody, 
is the <laughs> is the latest Star Wars novel release, um, Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Mr. Christopher at Celebration. Um, I actually give me a second. I got um, I got this poster. I got this poster signed by by Adam Christopher. Um, super nice guy, um, but really a great writer. Um, this is a story. This is a great story. You know, we have here. I'm looking at the poster. The story has uh, it, some of the main characters on this poster. We have Luke here. We have Lando here. We have Kaiza with the mask of the ancient Sith Lord Exim Panshard on here. All great characters. All great stories. But really, let's be real. The best part of the story is the secondary villain, which is Mr. Ochi of Bestoon. We have an Ochi novel now. And this is all the Ochi content that all of my dozens of, 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 of Ochi fans on the internet can, um, or fellow Ochi fans on the internet, there are dozens of us, there are dozens of us, um, will absolutely love diving into. This is episode six and a half. It cleans up, not cleans up, it explains a lot of stuff that you've been wondering about backstory for episodes seven, eight, and nine. It is a fantastic read. It's a longer book, but it's just awesome. I'm trying to keep it as spoiler-friendly as possible, but there's some incredible cameos in the book. There's some just breathtaking prose. Um, I wouldn't recommend... Uh, I can't recommend Adam Christopher's Shadow of the Sith enough. Um, he's great. I've already tweeted a lot of my thoughts about Shadow of the Sith on my own personal Twitter account, at OchiFan327. Uh, go check that out to see just me just absolutely melting over Shadow of the Sith because it is the greatest Star Wars novel, the greatest Star Wars canon novel of all time. It really is. <laughs> Until I read something better, it is. All right. Um, you know, I said it. It's up to Lucasfilm to top it. It's up to Lucasfilm to top it. It really is. Um, but yeah, um, that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, next week, next week we are going to be doing the second half, the back half of our Visions coverage, Tatooine Rhapsody, Toby One, Akakiri, Lopinocho. Boom! Uh, very excited to talk about those four. Um, also, by the time this comes out, uh, we will also be promoting something else. Epic Confrontation 3, baby! Alden, the Iconoclast Diaz, versus Jared, the Dark Jedi Bachman Stubbs. It is... A five-rounder that is going to be one for the ages. Uh, if you haven't seen all of the um, madness going on on Twitter, Alden and Jared are throwing shots at each other like nobody has seen. Um, they're both ready for this battle, and I'm going to make it worth their while. Um, we are so excited that that premieres on July 25th, um, which I believe is a... Tuesday? Am I wrong? No, it's a Monday. Never mind. It's a Monday. Uh, whatever. Whoops. Um, also, absolutely, um, if you, uh, this is coming out after this, or as it's happening, but if, uh, you don't know, uh, Jacob and I are making a guest appearance on the Great Nerd Herder podcast with our friends Boop and John, um, and we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch before we cover the Bad Batch on here in around a month. Um, and we're so excited to talk about that with Boop and John. And, uh, and we're so excited to be invited on by Nerd Herder. 
Um, and we're really excited about that. Um, other than that, um, I think uh, just um, follow us on Twitter at InAGalaxyPod. Um, uh, my personal is at OGFan327. Our trivia epic confrontations account is at InAGalaxyTrivia. Um, Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We will be there. If we're not, email us at swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you can. It really does help with our visibility. And until next time, may the Force be with you always.